five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Well, it's a once in a lifetime big deal day today. And perhaps, at least according to this next piece, it's the biggest event in human history. Let's just dial in. <laughs> the 22nd of February, 2022, will be a Tuesday, making it Tuesday. In my opinion, Tuesday. this will be the greatest event in human history. Greatest event. So this in video human is history. now about the 22nd of the 2nd of 2022-2222. I just said 2022-2222, and it's a grammatically correct sentence. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity event. In fact, it's more than that. I wrote a program to calculate what day of the week it will be you on only hear any this date in the on this show. You can see if we run it on February 22nd, 2022, it's a Tuesday, as we expected. And we can use this to find all future Tuesdays. So say if we check the year 2222, it'll be a Wednesday. How many years until the date is only twos? Let's check. What about the year 22,220? Well, anyway, then he goes on to, like, I don't know, 27 zeros <laughs> to find the year the next year that he thinks is equivalent to this year and obviously you're supposed to remember that at 2 p.m today tuesday 22 to 22 depending on how you put up your calendars uh <laughs> write your calendars 2 p.m and 2 tw at 222 minutes we're going to, in 22 seconds we're going to have a celebration of 22222 and i mean i know it's better it's going to be better at 1022 tonight cuz that's actually in 24 hour time military time it's 222222 time wise but mm, we're going to celebrate anyway okay i've been covering this story a couple of times the viewers sunk 42% versus 2018 Winter Olympics and 26% from the Summer Olympics last summer. And uh, one of the things that shows is that early results oftentimes are the results. The article I, I, I pointed to at the beginning of the Olympics said, typically viewership increases. Okay, well, but typically if viewership increases, then the level goes up also. And if the level goes up, then the expected level from day one, by going up also, only meets its lousy performance that it had on day one. You know, I've watched list results come in and, you know, you say, well, this list, it has to work. And, you know, it, it turns out to be the middle of the pack or it's down at the bottom. But, you know, you've only got two days of results and you say, well, maybe it'll turn around. It doesn't seem to ever turn around. <laughs> and it's a funny thing about results. <laughs> and I really, I actually watched, tried to watch 10 minutes of the Olympics uh, on Sunday because I knew it was the last day and it was women's cross country. And they're basically just going around a track and they're not close to each other. The leaders are separated by you know 30 seconds or something which means they're out of sight and uh i decided that it was less engaging than golf <laughs> i switched to golf so if you think golf is not much to watch that's what i think too anyway so more than half of job of marketers want to quit their jobs 
more than half of marketers want to quit their jobs. And I've been thinking about this in a bigger context than just, this is a huge survey. It was almost 5,000 people. And uh, 57% said they're contemplating moving jobs and 27% just moved. Okay, so you could say if you if you if you would have run this survey back six months ago, that maybe 75 percent were were quitting their jobs. That's a staggering amount. Right. Staggering. And uh, they have the reasons down. Twenty nine, twenty eight percent left to learn a new learn new skills. They want to try something new. And that does you do get kind of pigeonholed. You know, I started in a consulting firm in in 1918, in 1981, I have a little dyslexia there, uh, in 1981, and the company grew by 100 more employees. I was the first employee, but, you know, I think the founder, I kind of got the impression the founder thought of me as just, you know, that young kid that didn't know anything, and... My client, uh, you know, who I'd built a, a $10 million business out of kind of out of thin air and stuff they already had uh, in three years, thought I was this, you know, rocket scientist, genius marketer. Uh, and in fact, they they gave me the, the two worst, the two worst departments in the company, the graphics department and the telemarketing center. <laughs> and Norm said at the end that... Uh, when I came, they deliberately gave me the worst ones to see what I would do. Not that there isn't a tangential relationship with what with marketing, but uh, they said, when, now that you're leaving, they're the two best departments. So that's kind of cool. Anyway, but, and so, yeah, marketers change jobs a lot, which is one reason why you have to be careful about changing everything when you're direct, when you're marketing people leave, because you know, you're you're you've got a dashboard that was developed by a guy or a girl three times ago, three iterations ago, and it's highly unlikely that it meets the expectations of the new person that's coming in. That doesn't mean it's wrong. That's why it's always great to get some outside feedback between marketing, especially between marketing and IT, which is pretty much what I've made my career at. You know, tell tell the marketing people this doesn't make any sense what you're asking for, <laughs> or do you understand why this is the way it is? So if you've got new hires and you want to help them with their skill sets, happy to do it. Join the WDMA. Let's get in touch. Okay, then Taylor uh, Displays has an award-winning patent for this little gizmo here that lets that lets these pop-up displays become an entire wall of displays. Uh, wonderful. This is the back side of one, so you can see the framework. This is the front side, so it looks like a uh, it looks like a a wonderful, you know, like sturdy built. And there's a it can it can work with an, a wide variety of surfaces and and fabrics, which means that for the price of Exhibitors can achieve, let's go, exhibitors can achieve the expensive, hard-built trade show fixtures for the price of a pop-up display system, which still aren't cheap. It also means, it also means, oops, my highlighter quit. It also means that, and this is maybe even more important, it also means that um, 
that system enables continuous development by Taylor and uh, and entire trade shows can be checked as ordinary luggage can be dismantled by the sales team instead of maybe the union guys. No tools or extra labor are necessary to install or dismantle mantle and one set of inventory can cover a wide variety of of equipment. That's in here someplace. I can't find it. Anyway, so that's cool. And now I want to get to the main story why 2022 is the year of the postcard. Okay, direct mail postcard by Tyree Johnson, who I think is at SQL Direct up in Minneapolis. 2022 will be the year of the direct mail postcard. Nearly 50% of retail consumer marketers have chosen the compact. That's hard to believe that they're already doing them. You know, I just ran it. Well, maybe, maybe they're testing it, right? Why? Direct mail postcards are effective and affordable, right? True. And also, you don't have to open them. Also, there's supposed to be 350 billion emails per day. Per day. 350 billion emails per day. And I'm getting most of them, I think. Okay? And 50% of messages are spam. We could check that right now. It'd be fun to check it. What do you mean by spam? Of course, spam is illegal. So they can't be spam. So I'm sorry. Uh... <laughs> it was Terry. I'm sorry, Terry, that can't be possible. We might think of them as spam, but they could be totally legal, right? But they're, let's say, they're, let's say, advertising-oriented, promotional email, not spam. Be careful with your word choice, okay? Is it any wonder that 55% of consumers say they find email unexciting, right? And And the average consumer has 100 unread emails clogging up they're clogging up their inbox. Let me just see what's in my inbox. Eh, 57 plus 26 and 13 is 70. Aha, I have 96 right now, plus 54 in junk. Pretty much spot on, Terry, on that one. <coughs> Consumers are actually drawn to physical advertisements, and there's that sappy case of neuroscience since there's no outer envelope, 100% will be seen and have to be engaged with. Your mind has to register. You have to decide to throw it away. The simplified format makes them easy. I'd say it's one of the best testing formats. You know, with the Lovesack case, uh, which I've explained, we, we basically, we do, we're doing the catalog, but for testing offers, we did a lot of postcards. And then once the postcards worked, then Brian Dillette came in and, and, showed Lovesack how they could retarget with postcards, <coughs> which was super effective because they were already doing TV. So we learned how to, we learned the offer that drove traffic with mail because mail can tell who engaged but didn't buy, whereas TV can't tell who didn't engage. They know the buyers. They just don't know anything about the non-buyers, which is the key formula when you're trying to do machine learning and analysis. Okay, so we used the mail, the postcards, to test offers. We found one offer that was about equivalent to all the others put together. That got used in our TV. Broad reach. We didn't know who wanted furniture, for heaven's sakes. How do you know that? 
broad, broad reach. And then they came to the web to check it out. Then LS Direct with the retargeting mail program, which was excellent. Uh, then they quickly, bingo, sent a postcard out with a, a special invitation to visit the store and uh, bounce on the beds or bounce on the furniture. And um, and so you can see how this iterative pro process and postcards were intimately involved with it can dr dramatically increase the effectiveness of your marketing. <clears throat> so you get some cost savings. USPS now accepts six by nine and um, they're fairly easy to design. Now, Terry makes some claims here. Use oversized postcards, uh, use a unique textures, use eco-friendly stock. Right now, you use whatever stock you can get, pretty much. But when is it inappropriate? First of all, Terry, I would love to see any test mentioned in this. There's none in the whole article, right, where you prove that unique texture is worth the price or eco-friendly stock is worth the price. They're so... The engagement is so quick, the consumer won't know the difference between eco-friendly and non-eco-friendly paper. So unless you're going to splash that as your headline, and if that's your biggest benefit as a company, good luck with sales. So, you know, rarely does that actually work. Plus, basically, paper is 100% recyclable. Um, <clears throat> so... Anyway, no t testing. But I was talking with, with um, the market builder, which is a member of the WDMA, uh, just a few days ago. And I said, you know, we're thinking with this retailer, I got a new retail client. We're thinking of doing some postcards. He said, well, let's look at their, let's look at their branding. Let's look at their website. And it's real, you know, it's serious upscale uh, in their category. They're probably one of the most expensive providers in a big metro area. And he said, you know, postcards, no matter what you do, just don't send the message that you're the leader. Any two-bit competitor can do postcards. <clears throat> and that's the facts. It's hard to differentiate yourself with postcards. On the other hand, if you look at this thing, this is the Bass Pro Shops I talked about on Friday. Got a lot of shares. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart, I always say. But shares are really important. This thing is 600 pages. Now, why would Bass Pro want to send me? I haven't bought from them in years. Maybe, maybe never. I always bought from Cabela's. Now they own Cabela's. So, you know, they probably saw that. But I haven't bought from them in a long time. Um, and so why? Why do they send me this thing that's dollars, three, four, five dollars? Well, because, the, the, you know, whatever it costs to mail it, whatever it costs to print it, the square inches of information on 600 pages, you know, let's say it costs $5 in the mail. Okay, let's just say. I don't know what it costs. I could probably find out. Let's say it costs, I could ask Uline. They, they tell me stuff. <laughs> Liz is, is great down there. She taught me a lot. <laughs> she said, I think quick shipping is more important than, than the marketing. <laughs> she said that to me about... 25 years ago, and boy, has she been right. Holy smokes. Anyway, so so you've got this format. Your, 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 your quantity of information, for $5, you get 600 pages, okay? <clears throat> so that's less than a penny a page in the mail, penny a spread. 
right? You get more than more than six. You get 600 pages for five 500 cents. So penny a page, penny a spread or whatever, because you get two sides. Versus a postcard, which isn't even as big as one page. And that'll cost you, you know, 65 cents, something like that, depending on where you get it. Okay, and depending on what you try to do. So you can see that there's an incredible value to do catalogs. You know, number 10, my daughter was doing trade show promotion in South America. Uh, business to business. They always sent postcards because it was such a value. I said, have you tested? She said, what do you mean test, you know? <laughs> I said, well, you send out half of one and half of the other. <laughs> well, we're not mailing that many. Well, give it a try. See what happens. <clears throat> so they went to a number 10 with a like a little brochure. It wasn't anything really elaborate. It was more or less like a postcard stuffed in an envelope. Turned out four times the response. It wasn't four times the cost because, you know, a third of it's postage and it's basically not that much different. <clears throat> so what happened? Well, it happened. It turns out in South America, they don't like postcards because, you know, you're basically, you're sharing information about what you think they're like and what they will like with anybody who sees it. They like it being in an envelope. They like it being confidential, especially in B2B. Way outperformed the postcard. I think we converted them from postcard. We should have converted them to testing, but I think we just converted them to postcards. So anyway, <clears throat> a lot to think about. There's a lot of advantages. You know, put a QR code on there, but um, that kind of goes without saying these days. It's like the old, when I worked with Oakley, <laughs> you need a response device. Oh, it's right there in the body copy. No, it's not. Make it obvious. And I'm not a believer in those special uh, picture hidden QR codes. Make it look like a QR code. People know what a QR code is. They know how to use it. Be upfront with it. Have a great day. Like and share. Shares are worth 20 comments, which are worth 20 likes. So have a happy two, 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 two. I lost track. <laughs>